Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast series for financial advisors. Today's episode is A Culture of Choice, Why Raymond James Rocks the Regional Space in Advisor Recruiting. It's a conversation with Tosh Elwin, President and CEO of Raymond James and Associates. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com, as well as Apple Podcasts and other major podcast platforms. If you are not already a subscriber and want to be notified of new show releases, please subscribe right on your favorite podcast platform or on the episode page on our website. For Apple Podcast users, I'd be grateful if you'd give the show a review. Your input helps us to make the series better and alerts other advisors like you who may find the content to be relevant. And while you're at it, if you know others who are considering change or simply looking to learn more about the industry landscape, please feel free to share this episode or the series widely. If you're a regular listener of this show, you've heard me talk about how this podcast journey has evolved from a conversation about the independent space to narratives and discussions about independence as an overarching concept and mindset. Advisors' ever-increasing desire for greater agency in how they serve clients and grow their businesses has driven the growth of models and firms outside of the traditional wirehouse space and spawned the popularity of regional firms like Raymond James. Because there was a time in years past when an advisor might otherwise have eschewed the thought of leaving one of the wirehouses, the biggest and best names in the business, for a smaller and relatively unknown regional firm. But times have changed. According to the Advisor Moves Scorecard on InvestmentNews.com, Raymond James Financial Services and Raymond James & Associates both placed on the top 10 list of transitions to the firm with a gain of 425 advisors year-to-date as of this recording. So what's the attraction? As president and CEO of Raymond James & Associates, Tosh Elwin puts it, it's really about the culture. Because in a world where many wirehouse advisors were indoctrinated in the notion that bigger is better, advisors and their clients are now thinking differently. And these folks are more attracted to firms with less bureaucracy and greater freedom to serve their clients. For those at Raymond James & Associates, it's actually written into the contracts that the advisor owns their clients. It's about an environment dedicated to treating advisors like clients, where their voice is heard and they have the ability to choose just how much autonomy they want by opting for any of the firm's multi-channel affiliations. It's an ethos that comes from the top, and in this case, started at the bottom. Toss joined the firm as an advisor trainee in 1993 and worked his way from financial advisor to assistant manager to brand manager to head of the private client group and on to the president and CEO, the role he currently holds. And in fact, as he shares, he still has some clients he manages money for. So his perspective of being an advisor is fresh and current. While it's Tasha's high-touch experience that informs his leadership of the firm today, Under the Hood is an engine composed of four key components that together drives the firm's success. So in this episode, Tosh discusses how Raymond James' core business, the private client group, capital markets, asset management, and the Raymond James Bank benefit advisors and their clients, 
the firm's commitment to advisor choice, including the Raymond James and Associates employee model, plus greater independence with advisor select, boutique firm Alex Brown, and the difference between each of their models, how the firm measures up to other firms and options in the landscape, and much more. So let's get to it. Tosh, thank you so much for making time for us today. Thanks, Mindy. It's a real honor to be here with you today. Yeah. So let's jump in a lot to cover. Tell us about yourself and your career path at Raymond James. I mean, I know you worked your way up from advisor trainee to branch management to the C-suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Happy to. Probably the uh, the best way to begin is uh, with a question I get on almost a daily basis, which is what kind of name is Tosh? And answering that question, I think also gives uh, some good perspective in terms of my background and my upbringing. Tosh is short for Tosh Tego, T-A-S-H-T-E-G-O, which is the name of the Native American harpoonist from the book Moby Dick. And how it came to be that I was named Tosh Tego is when I was born back in 1971, I'll politely say my parents were a little bit left of center. And however left of center you just went in your mind, keep going. I often describe to people that my childhood was much like the Alex P. Keaton character on the TV show Family Ties. And, uh, and I, wasn't, I wasn't quite carrying a briefcase and wearing a bow tie to school, but pretty close to it. And uh, so growing up with my hippie parents, born in Boston, uh, blizzard of 78 hit, uh, the minute it thawed, we fled for the warmer climate of Atlanta. And that's really home for me. Grew up there, went to Emory University in Atlanta, was a political science major, almost but not quite a double major in Russian language. Had my heart set on going into the Peace Corps and then wanted to work in public service and quote unquote, change the world. As I was waiting to hear back from the Peace Corps, I was contemplating a, a plan B of what if uh, it took them the full year to get back to me. And not only that, I didn't get in and thought of a, a friend from college whose mother was an executive at, at Lehman back in the day. And he each summer interned on Wall Street, which was a fancy word for cold call. And he'd come back to Emory just raving about what a great profession it was. And so I'll, I'll admit to our listeners today that my initial choosing of this career was no more complicated than if Adam can do this, anybody can. <laughs> um, I joined Raymond James, not quite, but almost straight out of school. Started with the firm as a coal caller back in October of 93. Had an opportunity about a year later to go into the training program. And then in the, the successive 28 years that I will have been here as of uh, this October, I have had the pleasure of being not only a financial advisor, but also an assistant manager, a branch manager. Uh, became a divisional sales manager, president of the RJA employee private client group back in 2012, and then president and CEO of the Raymond James and Associates broker dealer about three and a half years ago. I, I would also note, Mindy, that throughout the entirety of my career, I was not a financial advisor in the past tense, but rather I'm quite proud that I continue to be a financial advisor in the present tense, which I think is important in terms of really understanding the needs of our financial advisors and their clients by still, to a large extent, being a player coach today and having great appreciation for what they do day in and day out for their clients. 
What a great story. Couple of things. One, as you were talking about how your desire was to change the world via the Peace Corps, I thought to myself, okay, so he didn't change the world, but he changed the financial services world. And I hope you can live with that. It sounds like you've had great success. The second thing I want to say is that I remember you telling me years ago that you still have some clients you manage money for. Is that right? It is true. And it's something I, I really enjoy both just the, the gratification that comes from serving the same families for as many years as I have, but then also, as, uh, as I said a moment ago, the, the perspective that comes from still being a financial advisor today. And literally not a day goes by where I'm not in some sort of a, a meeting or conversation where we're prioritizing how to invest in support for our financial advisors, where I, where I think to myself, I wouldn't be as qualified to make the decisions I'm making in support of our advisors, our branch associates, and our clients, if if I still didn't have the perspectives that I do of being an advisor today. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering, how do you find the time for it? Or how do the competing priorities of being the chief executive officer of a major broker-dealer compare to managing clients? Yeah, so a great, great question. Obviously, I, I take my responsibilities and my, my leadership role quite seriously. But that said, I, I do think that the value that comes from being able to successfully wear both hats is really important. And mm-hmm. my clients certainly understand and appreciate the uh, corporate responsibilities that I have from a leadership standpoint. And the relationships are very longstanding. So these are clients that I've worked with in many cases for almost the entirety of my, my 28-year tenure so far. Yeah. So I want to share a story I just reminded you of before we hopped on, and I want to share it with our listeners. And that story is when I read that you had been promoted to president and now president and CEO of Raymond James and Associates, I had the biggest smile on my face because as I said to you earlier today, I feel like you and I sort of grew up around this business. 25 years ago or so, when I started this business, I was a kid in the business, cold calling on my bedroom floor. You were in either an assistant branch manager, I can't remember, or branch manager in the Southeast. I want to say it was Tennessee or something of the sort for Raymond James. And here you are today, 25 years later, 28 years later, and the president and CEO. So I feel pride in talking with you. Well, that's kind of you. I have very fond memories of how you and I began working together so many years ago. And you're absolutely right. I had just become a branch manager in our Chattanooga, Tennessee office after 10 years as an advisor in our Atlanta office, which is the branch that I grew up in. And you and I go way back and yeah. I, I have great appreciation for all the work that we did together then that we, we continue to do today. And I'll also say, I, I certainly learned a lot from you and as well about, about how to support advisors that are considering a transition. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. All right. So enough touchy feely stuff. Let's talk <laughs> a little bit about Raymond James specifically. So tell us a little bit about the firm's value proposition. Who and what is Raymond James today? So Raymond James today, we are a global financial services company, and and we have four primary businesses. We have the private client group, which is by far the largest and most significant business here. It's roughly two-thirds plus of our our revenue and profitability. We have a, a capital markets business, which is both equity as well as fixed income capital markets. Uh, we have a very strong asset management business. And then additionally, Raymond James Bank. And so those really round out the four core businesses at Raymond James Financial. But as I said, 
the primary and the largest business at our firm, as proud as we are of, of the entirety of the firm, is the private client group. And in terms of our value proposition, I would oversimplify by describing it as it's being very uniquely positioned as arguably the only firm in the industry today that is simultaneously big enough, but small enough. And we have the resources, the intellectual capital, the technology, the solutions that we can very capably and competently help advisors compete for business and make a difference in their clients' lives and grow their business. But simultaneously, we continue to do so within a culture that has the accessibility and the responsiveness and the, and the family feel that so many advisors today continue to value and appreciate. Yeah. So a lot to unpack there, and we'll come back to some of that. But one of the things I want to talk about is Raymond James differentiates itself from much of the industry competition by its multi-channel association model. So when you tell us that two-thirds of the revenue comes from the private client group, that is both the employee channel, Raymond James and Associates, and the Raymond James Financial Services independent contractor model. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about why that multi-channel association model is resonating. I mean, we know you're having great recruiting success. So what is that, what is that about? So beyond the, the comments I made just a moment ago about our, our value proposition being that we are big enough, but small enough, I, I would extend that thought in, in answering this next question by, by really highlighting that at the end of the day, I think the single greatest competitive advantage that our advisors enjoy by being affiliated with Raymond James, and as a consequence, then it's the single biggest competitive advantage for the firm, is our commitment to what we call advisor choice. And advisor choice is a reference to our firm's unique positioning as being the only firm that offers effectively every affiliation option that the industry has created over the years and accompanying that with both the the internal choice of affiliation option, as well as the external choice. And so while at at a high level, we have the two broker dealers of Raymond James and Associates and Raymond James Financial Services, what we think of as the employee affiliation and the independent contractor affiliation, the optionality extends uh, well beyond that in that within the traditional employee Raymond James and Associates business, we have both that, the traditional employee affiliation, But then in addition to that, uh, we offer Raymond James Advisor Select, uh, which is an opportunity for advisors uh, that wish to continue to benefit from all of the support of being an employee in terms of the leadership and infrastructure support from an adjacent branch manager, the benefits and turnkey accounting and payroll and HR function and so forth. But like a more independent-minded advisor, wish to have total control over their real estate decisions and their four-wall locational costs, we offer that affiliation. And then within Raymond James Financial Services, we also offer the independent contractor affiliation. We have a financial institution division for small banks and credit unions to, to affiliate with us as well. And then in addition to that, we have a correspondent and an RIA affiliation. And so as you look at the entirety of Raymond James, you have multiple ways to affiliate both now and later. And I think that later is important as well, because an advisor choosing to join Raymond James in any of these affiliations, whether it's on the employee side, Raymond James and Associates, or the Alex Brown division, or join us on the independent contractor side of Raymond James, that's a today choice. 
but you also have the tomorrow choice internally such that if your interests and your needs change in some way that a different flavor of Raymond James is going to be a better fit, they benefit from that. But then I think most notably, Mindy, is the unique belief that Raymond James has that, that to the extent anybody owns the client, and I'm always careful to say extent because nobody owns a client per se, but functionally speaking, to the extent anybody owns the client, we believe it's the financial advisor, not the firm. And so advisor choice and multi-affiliation also extends itself to that external choice that our advisors possess as well, which we think is very important in terms of the, the perpetuation of our culture. Yeah. So I want to come back to the notion of ownership of client because I agree with you. It is a game changer for Raymond James. It is hugely important. And I'd posit that as the wealth management industry has expanded and advisors in the traditional space feel less control or less agency over their professional lives, Raymond James' ethos about advisor-owning client has become even more front and center. And you are right that um, as far as I know, you are the only firm that actually writes into the contract that the advisor owns the client. But I want to zero in on something you just said about the uniquely positioned regarding advisor choice. So take a firm like Wells Fargo, which also offers advisor choice, multiple ways to associate from the RIA space to the bank channel, to the private client group, to Finet, which is their independent broker dealer model. I'm not asking you to compare and contrast Raymond James to Wells Fargo, but I am wondering what goes into a firm making a decision to offer a multi-channel association, as opposed to firms that make the calculus that to do so would be cannibalizing their private client group or their W-2 advisor force. So how do you think about that? I think as you take a step back and you reflect on, and you said on the calculus that goes through one's mind in terms of which affiliation options a, a firm is choose, can, going to choose to offer, and then above and beyond that, whether they will embrace, as, as Raymond James has, the book ownership and the free agency, I think it all comes down to culture. And it comes down to a firm's confidence in their culture. And it's our belief that our financial advisors and, and even more so financial advisors industry-wide benefit from and deserve choice of affiliation. And that it not only benefits the advisors, but that it benefits clients as well. And that ultimately, an advisor should be empowered to choose the financial services firm that best enables them to make a difference in their clients' lives. And so at Raymond James, we have tremendous confidence and, and conviction in our value add, both in terms of culture, as well as platform, the technology, the resources, uh, the solutions, and so forth. We believe that our advisors' clients, and therefore our advisors as our clients, are best served by having choice of multiple affiliation options. And then, as I said, even more importantly, having external choice. And I think that's in a very positive way, it's effectively, it's a put option such that every single day we come to work at our home office and in the field, knowing that we have to walk the talk every single day and we have to add so much value to their ability to serve their clients that they would never dream of leaving. And what we unfortunately see far too often in the industry is rather than an embracement of choice as we've done here at Raymond James, a preference to, instead of adding value, build walls around advisors. And I think from a client-centered standpoint, that is not in the best interest of clients. <music>
think that's incredibly valid, but it raises the question. So can an advisor freely slide from one affiliation model to another within Raymond James without penalty? Yes. So we in advisor choice support the choice, both at the time of affiliation, when an advisor is transitioning from one firm to another, we support the choice of which affiliation within Raymond James best fits their, their business and their client needs. And then again, as those needs potentially evolve in some way that a different flavor of Raymond James is going to better suit them, they have that ability to move internally from one affiliation of Raymond James to another. So one of the questions I have is that it can be somewhat overwhelming to have all that choice. How does an advisor who's looking at Raymond James decide which affiliation model is best? So I think for an advisor exploring where best to serve their clients as they contemplate affiliating with Raymond James, I I think what the most important first step is for that advisor to do their diligence with us, largely agnostic to which affiliation of Raymond James. And ubiquitous across all of those affiliations is the access to all of the technology and the services and solutions and the, the culture and so forth. And so I think it really behooves that advisor to first roll up their sleeves with us and, and really get to know the firm, the resources and the culture, and, and then assuming that they're, they're as comfortable with all that they'll experience is, is we're confident that they will be. Then I think the second step is to really then zero in on what the lifestyle differences are from one affiliation to another and begin to understand which is going to be the best fit for them. And and I said lifestyle with great intent, because while oftentimes an advisor might believe that the decision uh, to affiliate as an employee or an independent contractor is largely an economic decision, in reality, once one risk adjusts and headache adjusts, if you will, the the varying responsibilities of being an employee or an independent contractor. At, at the end of the day, there, there is a risk-reward differential from a P&L standpoint, and there is a, an economic difference from one affiliation to another. But ultimately, when you really bottom line it, I believe that advisors are making much more of a, of a lifestyle decision in terms of what aspects of running the business are important for them to control and be responsible for. And what aspects of the business uh, would they like their partners within Raymond James to be responsible for as well? And and that's really uh, what guides the the values-based decision by the advisor as to which flavor of Raymond James is going to best support them. Yeah. Tosh, do you think that more firms will opt for advisor choice and offer a multi-channel association option? Yeah, that's a great question, Mindy. You know, again, reflecting on advisor choice being what I believe is our most significant competitive advantage. While that said, we certainly benefit from from a client-centered standpoint. My greatest wish would be to see the rest of the industry join us in the commitment to supporting advisors as advisors are are most empowered. And I really believe in, in that value that comes from free agency of positioning an advisor to choose where their clients are best served. And so I would love nothing more than for the benefit of clients across this country than for others in the financial services industry to join us in the commitment to providing advisors with choice and providing them with book ownership. And I think most importantly, clients benefit. I think as a consequence of that, advisors will benefit. And as Raymond James has proven year in and year out, firms will benefit from supporting that choice as well. 
Yeah, I think that certainly advisors and clients wish the same. I'm not sure we're going to see that uniformly across the financial services industry because oftentimes that decision can come at the expense of corporate profits. And I'm not sure everyone would agree with that. We've proven that you can support choice and still be commercially successful in doing so. We have great alignment of success with our advisors in that regard. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. We have always described Raymond James as a regional firm, yet you say, you know, it's a global financial services company with obviously clearly a national presence. So what was the genesis of the term regional firm and how has it changed over time? Yeah, so I think back to uh, to many years ago when you and I first met, Mindy, and regional versus wirehouse. I think it was really used historically as a size descriptor. And today, I, I think those terms of regional versus wirehouse have evolved to be used much more as a cultural reference more than anything. And we take great pride in, in our regional culture of accessibility and responsiveness and and continuing uh, to very much be a family at at Raymond James. While we're also very proud that we have the resources and the technology that allow our financial advisors to go toe-to-toe when competing against any of the bigger firms to, to serve clients. Yeah, I agree with that, that regional, for most regional firms, doesn't really adequately describe the fact that they've got a regional presence in the South or the North or the West. It's much more of a cultural difference. So I think that's right. I want to pivot for a minute to talk about what it's like to be an advisor at Raymond James, but I want to make a statement, just clarification for our listeners. This series is called Mindy Diamond on Independence, and it's a podcast about the independent space. But as the series has evolved, we've been highlighting many firms and models that are not actually independent, but rather where the advisors are W-2 employees. But they are models like at Raymond James that offer advisors more freedom and control, more agency over their professional lives. And that's specifically, as you've put it, why we included Raymond James. So talk to us, if you would, what is it like to be an advisor at Raymond James as an employee? And what I mean by that is, so if you've got an advisor that's coming from a bigger firm, how does it differ? Well, first, I I think as an employee advisor affiliated with Raymond James, our advisors would tell you that they're treated like adults and they're treated like professionals. And while independence is often thought of as uh, purely an an economic decision, whether one is a a W-2 or a a 1099, our advisors that are employees of Raymond James Uh, would tell you that independence also extends to their ability to serve their clients and to have tremendous choice about who they work with and whether they're going to to focus primarily or exclusively on on ultra high net worth or high net worth or the mass after the decisions that that they get to make as as professionals and adults about taking on a a smaller next-gen client and not having any sort of, of economic penalties and so forth, as you see at so many other places. They benefit from having, obviously, the tremendous support locally from their branch and their operations managers in the home office. And, and then I think lastly, to be an employee advisor at Raymond James is just tremendously empowering, again, because of advisor choice and our belief that the advisor owns the book. It's, I think, a very important put option against us ever losing our way culturally. So then how does it contrast being an employee advisor at Raymond James versus being an independent at Raymond James? 
Yeah, it's really, as I, I said a moment ago, it's much more of a lifestyle decision than an economic decision about what do you want to control and what don't you want have to control or have responsibility for. And ultimately, it's about what you need to own and what you want to own as it relates to your business from a responsibility standpoint. But whether an advisor is affiliated with us as an independent contractor or affiliated with us as an employee, they have equity either way. And I think that's an important differentiator from so many of our employee model competitors in the space. When you say equity as an employee, can you tell me what you mean by that? So again, with with that belief that the advisor owns his or her clients and owns his or her business. Meaning he has a hundred percent, he or she has a hundred percent equity in his business, no matter which affiliation. That's correct. Got it. Okay. So how, what are the kinds of things then, let me ask this another way Mm -hmm. that an employee advisor can't do that an independent advisor might be able to do. So for example, how does it work if somebody wants to write a client newsletter? What kind of compliance approval is required? Like, how does that differ? There's no differences in that regard. And so whether someone is affiliated as an employee or an independent contractor, we have consistency of the supervisory and and compliance support. We have consistency of marketing support as well. So advisors in both the employee and the independent affiliations with Raymond James, I think are supported tremendously well from an entrepreneurial standpoint to be able to brand and market and differentiate themselves. Yeah. You say it's a personal decision or a lifestyle decision. I often describe it as how do you want to live your business life? And so what you're saying is an advisor has the same sort of entrepreneurial ethos, no matter which model he or she decides upon. So what are the kind of things then that Raymond James supports an employee advisor with or for that they don't for an independent advisor? As an employee-affiliated advisor with Raymond James, I think one of the the significant differentiators is that you have a a branch manager and an operations manager and the turnkey infrastructure and support of the entirety of a branch that, that can really be a tailwind in the sales of that advisor's practice and his or her ability to focus even more exclusively on their clients. And that gives them great leverage from a a time and an efficiency standpoint that they're enabled to focus their time and energy exactly where they want it to be and not on the the broader operation of the, the branch or the business or the infrastructure. And how about something as simple as net payout? How does it differ one to the other? And I know obviously every independent practice is different, but generally speaking, yeah, so I think you you hit the nail on the head that no no two advisors are alike, and certainly no two teams or or independent practices are alike either. And so it, it ultimately comes down to the the decisions that advisors and independents are making about where and how to invest in their business. But ultimately, as I said, while there there is an economic differential, as there should be from a risk reward standpoint between being an employee or an independent contractor, ultimately it's about where is is that advisor best positioned in their view to support their clients and to be able to grow their business. And if there were a significant economic differential between the different affiliations, all of our advisors would be independent contractors today. And the fact that so many of our firm's advisors continue to find great value in both the, the support and their ability to grow, as well as the, the compensation by being an affiliated 
with the firm as an employee advisor shows that different advisors find value in different affiliations. So let me ask you another question, Tosh. What are some examples of things that your advisors, whether, and as an independent, we know they have more control everywhere, so that your W-2 advisors can do that they couldn't at bigger brokerage firms? Yeah, so there's a long list, but in the interest of time, I'll share just a, a handful of key highlights there. One of the first that comes to mind, Mindy, would be the ability that our employee advisors have to leverage what is truly customized marketing capabilities. So we have an entire creative agency within the firm that stands by to assist them with a focus on branding the financial advisor even more so than the firm. One of our colleagues remarked a handful of years ago that is proud as we are of the Raymond James brand, and, and we certainly are, that even with our employee advisors, we're more focused on the name on the back of the jersey than we are on the front of the jersey. And so that those marketing capabilities are incredibly robust and help enable that advisor to really leverage what's unique about their practice. I think we have uh, much more expansive social media capabilities than our, our larger competitors. Be remiss if I didn't again mention the tremendous competitive advantage of advisor choice and book ownership that they have. And then it's the family feel that comes from being affiliated with Raymond James. It's the, the accessibility to Tom James and Paul Riley and everyone on the leadership team to support them in, in serving their clients and the, and, the, and the culture that comes from being a part of this firm as well, where it truly is an environment where people lift each other up and you see great collaboration across our branches and across the entirety of the private client group. So one of the categories of firms that has really grown in popularity of late are these boutique firms. And they're the firms that have replaced the old Lehman Brothers or Credit Suisse or Deutsche Bank, the place where high net worth focused, sophisticated advisors went when they found the wirehouses to be too big, the regional firms to be not sophisticated enough. That was the old sort of mantra, if you will, or the old belief. And it's a new sort of model. It includes the First Republics and the Rockefellers. It includes a number of independent firms like Stewart Partners or Crescent. So I'm not asking you again to compare Raymond James to any of those firms specifically, but model-wise, how do you think Raymond James stacks up as a home for someone who wants a smaller advisor force, a smaller community and services high net worth or a more sophisticated client? Yes, I think over the, the many years now that you and I have known each other, the industry has become really barbelled, if you will, where it, at one end of the barbell, you have the, the wirehouse firms and some of the, uh, the larger bank-focused firms. And these are firms that to, to varying degrees have strong platforms and solutions and so forth. But largely speaking, they've grown to such an extent that culturally, they, they scarcely resemble the types of firms that so many advisors grew up with back in the day when they would say it was still fun to be a financial advisor. And then you go to the other end of the barbell, and that's where one's going to find boutiques and startups and regionals. And I'll say to a large extent, at that end of the barbell, you're going to find very positive cultures that look and feel like what people once had. But the trade-off there is that so many of those firms lack the scale 
to really enable those financial advisors to properly serve their clients and grow their business. And so against that backdrop of this barbell, what makes Raymond James, regardless of affiliation, whether it's employee or independent, so unique is that positioning, as I described earlier, of simultaneously being large enough but small enough that we can very capably support advisors in going toe-to-toe to serve the needs of, of the most sophisticated clients in, in the country. Yet at the same time, we continue to do it in a culture that looks and feels like a regional. And so we think that's uh, it, it's a very powerful recipe in support of advisors. And then when you overlay that with Raymond James being the only firm in the profession that still today has that commitment to advisor choice of not only multi-affiliation, but also the book ownership and the free agency. I think it's no wonder why most importantly, Raymond James is flattered by such great advisor loyalty and retention. And it's no surprise the firm continues to be able to selectively recruit as successfully as we do as well. I want to get to the recruiting success, but I think what I hear you saying is that Raymond James is not your father's Raymond James. It's a very different firm than it might have been years ago. And I guess it raises the question, you know, many still operate under the belief that regional firms are a step or two behind. So what would you say to that? Yes, I understand to an extent how an advisor coming out of one of our our larger competitors might wonder about capabilities and resourcing, because just looking at the the scale of a firm, one might wonder how a a comparatively smaller firm is, is going to be resourced as well. And I'll go back to my comments about while Raymond James is very proud of the the four different business segments that we operate in, the private client group is by far the most significant of the four businesses at Raymond James. And so while Raymond James may not have the scale of some of our larger competitors, what we do have is such a, a significant focus on supporting private client. And so our prioritization of technology resources and investment and so forth very appropriately are heavily in support of the private client group. And so what advisors discover to their delight as they do their diligence with us is that not only are there no trade-offs in exiting a a larger firm to affiliate with Raymond James, but that in so many ways, particularly in terms of of technology, quite frankly, there's a number of trade-ups. And that comes again from that, that almost exclusive focus we have on private client, coupled with that, I think very importantly, we build technology through the eyes of the advisor and our advisors through our technology advisory council, both formally and and then through informal feedback opportunities as well, really help guide and influence uh, the prioritization of resources. And so that allows Raymond James as a a firm uh, of our size to really quite capably punch above our weight, if you will, in providing advisors with all the resources they need. And, and this goes well beyond technology. It extends itself to, to virtually every aspect of our business, again, because of the PCG focus that we have. Right. So how about with respect to access to banking and lending? Yeah. So we, as I noted earlier, Raymond James Bank is one of the four core and primary businesses at the firm. And we have tremendous partners at the bank who understand the importance of, of partnering with and supporting the private client group. And so our both cash and lending capabilities are quite robust in support of our, our advisors' client needs. Mm-hmm. How about investment banking? If a high net worth focused advisor has a large client who has an investment banking need, how is that service at Raymond James? 
Yeah, so the investment bank at Raymond James is a really strong and successful business. And our, our partners have done a phenomenal job of growing and strengthening that franchise over the years. And we've seen great synergies between the private client group and investment banking in both directions in terms of the advisors being really confident and comfortable in referring their business owner clients to the investment bank for advisory work. And in return, the investment bank has found great synergies with private client advisors as they're creating liquidity for business owners as well. And I think a really tangible example of this I, I would share is that we launched two years ago a program jointly created by the investment bank and the private client group in which we are educating and exposing our advisors to how we can better partner with the investment bank to create positive outcomes for their clients and in business growth, both for the advisor as well as for Raymond James. And we've seen a, a number of really significant success stories come out of that. How about interest in supporting an advisor who has an international business, an offshore business? Yep. So we're certainly strong in that regard as well. And that's it's an area uh, where we've continued to invest in terms of resourcing and capabilities. And from a, a risk management standpoint, we're appropriately selective about the, the affiliations that we're inviting there with advisors that we're recruiting. But that's a space that we have very strong capabilities in and is a, a growing business for Raymond James. Yeah. Okay. I want to pivot to your recruiting success because Raymond James has had extraordinary recruiting success of late. Um, and in fact, I'm just looking at an Advisor Hub article from yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday, October 6th. And this article was published uh, October 5th that just yesterday you recruited yet another $600 million five-person team in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, what do you think the extraordinary success is due to, because we know that your transition deals, your goal has never been to pay the largest deal on the street. And in fact, compared to much of the competition, it's often below the competition. So why do you think somebody, a recruit would still opt to come to Raymond James? So at, at risk of, of sounding like a, a broken record in our chat today, I'm going to keep coming back to its culture and its resources. And advisors want a culture like, like what they grew up with in the business when it was still fun to be an advisor. Yet at the same time, they, they continue to need all of the resources to properly serve their clients and grow their business. And Raymond James really capably meets both of those needs. And, and that's why uh, we've been so successful at, at recruiting. And, and as important as recruiting is, though, I can't stress enough uh, to your listeners today that retention of the advisors that are already affiliated with Raymond James is first and foremost in our mind and continuing to add value to their ability to serve clients and grow their business such that they reward us with their loyalty. That's really the foundation for our growth. And I think that's where so many other firms in the industry have failed to get it right is understanding that retention is really the foundation for growth. And then that allows you as we are to be selective from a recruiting standpoint about who else we invite to join the family. 
Yeah. I can't disagree with you. You and I are talking about how we sort of grew up in this business simultaneously. And one of the things that I've seen change more than anything is advisor mindset. When I started the business, the number one question any advisor would ask me, no matter where he or she was practicing, was what, what's the deal? What's the hot deal of the day? And while transition economics are important for sure, even if somebody doesn't care about it first and foremost, the, the, they're walking away from unvested deferred comp, they've got a retirement to plan for, and they live in an industry where they're entitled to monetize their business if they take the risk of making a move. But it's rarely today the first question an advisor asks. The most important thing to advisors today, I think, is freedom, flexibility, and control, agency over how they live their professional life, which absolutely plays into what you're talking about. But oftentimes, in certain instances, and with Raymond James, it's true, that comes at the expense of getting the best transition package. So can you talk a little bit about how you think about transition economics for an employee-based advisor? Yeah, so ha happy to. So it, it, advisors choose Raymond James because they they believe this is the firm at which they can best serve their clients and, and best create business growth. And, and in so doing, as they think about the economics, both short term and, and long term, advisors choose to join us knowing that they're going to be fairly and competitively compensated during the transition. The advisors that are choosing us, though, are not trying to maximize money in pocket on day one, but rather they, they want to be, as I said, fairly and competitively compensated during the transition, but also place tremendous value, and I, and I think appropriately so, on having very attractive ongoing compensation, both in terms of cash payouts as well as wealth building. And, and as I say wealth building, I should stress that it's wealth building that is additive to their compensation rather than at, at so many other firms, what's called wealth building or deferred comp is really just a behavioral incentive opportunity to earn back what should have been your own compensation to begin with. Right. So where are your best recruits coming from? Yeah, the short answer is everywhere. We have, as you look across the entirety of Raymond James through all of our affiliation options, we have uh, wirehouse advisors that are joining Raymond James as employees or independent contractors because they're seeking the, the culture that they miss and they want to regain that, the, the control, and, and as you said, the agency that they may have once had, but they want to do so with no trade-offs. And in many cases, as I said, with significant trade-ups in terms of capabilities. And then in addition to that, there are regional and boutique advisors and advisors from independent contractors that are joining Raymond James, both on the employee and the independent side that may have valued the culture from which they're leaving, but they really need a step up in terms of access to technology and capabilities and solutions to be able to better and, and more deeply serve their clients. Yeah. So how do you think about your ideal advisor recruit? Yeah. So as, you know, as tempting as it is, I think for, for so many firms to focus on quantity over quality at Raymond James, the focus from an ideal advisor recruit standpoint, it, it's truly about the quality of the advisor. And so first and foremost, what we're focused on is affiliating with people that, that are genuinely making uh, a significant and positive difference for their clients that we're affiliating with advisors that are making a difference in, in the communities in which they live and work, and that we're partnering with people that we're going to be really proud to be represented by. 
And I think also very importantly, particularly in the, the employee affiliation at Raymond James, that these are going to be colleagues that we really enjoy working side by side in, in the office. I, I also think it's important that in the years ahead that we all uh, as firms continue to become uh, more representative of all of our clients in terms of diversity too. Mm-hmm. And one other question, does Raymond James offer for a, um, and a W-2 advisor, do you offer a sunset or retire in place programs for senior advisors so that they can monetize their life's work without having to make a move? We do. We have a, a very robust and deep consulting team at Raymond James within our practice planning and acquisition group. And there is a, a ton of great support there. But I can't stress enough that unlike so many of our competitors where when it's time to sunset, they say that you can have any flavor of ice cream as long as it's chocolate. At Raymond James, when it comes to an advisor planning as much for their succession as they have planned for their clients over the years, we have no prescriptive template. And rather, while we have some foundational work from which they can begin, every single succession is really heavily customized to that advisor's business, to what's important to them from a team and a successor standpoint. And then I think also very notably, unlike so many of our competitors at Raymond James, the book ownership of advisor choice extends to that successor advisor as well, where ultimately as that succession is finalized and all of the the financing and economics are completed, those advisors still own that business every bit as much as a successor advisor as they do with the business that they've built themselves. Yeah. Let's pivot um, the interest of time to, as a CEO of a major firm, what's your perspective on the wealth management space overall? And where do you think the puck is heading and what worries you about the future of wealth management? Yeah. So as I think about, as, as I often do, where, as you said, where is the puck headed? I think that so many of our competitors, as they reflect on their economics and their P&L and so forth, they correctly see that the cost of compensating their advisors is their, their single biggest expense. And I think in so doing, it's created a proverbial fork in the road for the wealth management industry on a go-forward basis, where those firms, in recognition of their advisors being their single biggest expense, so many firms have become intent on disrupting that expense and in disintermediating their own advisors. And they do so uh, through a variety of uh, strategies, which range from the, the standardization and commoditization of delivery of investment solutions, effectively trying to make the advisor as much of a widget that they can plug and play as the, the investment model itself becomes a widget. The use of call centers and different uh, distribution channels and so forth And in contrast to that, while as we reflect on our own economic structure at Raymond James, we too recognize that advisors are the the single biggest expense in operating our wealth management business. But rather than, than viewing that as our competitors do at that other proverbial fork in the road as an expense that needs to be Uh, attacked and disrupted and disintermediated, we recognize it as our greatest expense because the advisors that have chosen to be affiliated with Raymond James, they are the the single greatest asset at Raymond James. And so we stand very confidently at the other fork in the road in which we embrace human advice that comes from human advisors. And we embrace that just as no two clients are alike, 
no two advisors are alike. And we think it's tremendously empowering for us to support and reaffirm our advisors at Raymond James as being, if you will, the, the, the center of the universe, both for the client experience, as well as being the, the center of the universe uh, at Raymond James as well. So mm. uh, we continue to double down on supporting our advisors as being key to our success at this firm. So one final question, Tasha, and we'll make it a lightning round, if you will. This conversation is a unique opportunity for advisors or our listeners to hear from the CEO of a competitive firm. So I'm wondering what message you'd share with them about building their businesses or growing their teams or serving their clients. Were I on the other side of this conversation and I, I were a listener out in the audience, what would be important to me is making sure that I am partnered with a firm that most importantly shares my values and my principles and is as is, is well aligned as I am as an advisor with the importance of serving clients and placing clients first. And then further making sure that I've partnered with a firm uh, that's going to be the, the wind in my sails and partnering with a firm that's going to give me all of the tools and resources and everything I need to do a terrific job of taking care of my clients and growing my business, but also that I've chosen a partner that's going to, to treat me like an adult and treat me like a professional and give me the ability to not only have choice and freedom, but also to, to build and retain the equity that I've built in my business as well. And the beauty of Raymond James is everything that I just described is every bit as true in the employee affiliation as it is the independent contractor and I think that creates a great competitive advantage for our advisors as well as for our firm. Tosh, thank you. Your perspective, your wisdom. And as I said, we, you and I have really grown up in this industry together and it's been a pleasure. And I'm grateful for your time today. And we're excited to continue to watch the kinds of things Raymond James does over the years to support advisors. Thank you so much, Mindy. It was a real joy and, and an honor to, to be here with you today. And I'm grateful for the invitation. In a world that seems to be evolving at a pace that few can keep up with, firms like Raymond James have found their way to get right to the heart of what's changing most, advisor mindset. And they've proven that a firm focused on providing greater latitude and choice in how an advisor conducts business can be successful for all. I thank you for listening. And I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com, and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. You'll also find a link to subscribe for regular updates to the series. And if you're not a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the articles link to browse recent topics. These written pieces are an ideal way to stay informed about what's going on in the wealth management space without expending the energy that full-on exploration requires. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 973 476 8578 or by email at mdiamond at diamond consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. And keep in mind that our services are available without cost to the advisor. See our website for more information. And again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, 
I'd be grateful if you gave it a star rating and a review. That will let other advisors know it's a show worth their time to listen to. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.